0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Arthouse Garage, the snob free film podcast where we make arthouse, indie, classic, and foreign cinema accessible to the masses. I'm your host, Andrew Swetman, and today on the show, we've got a discussion of the latest film from director Martin McDonough, The Banshees of Inishirin, starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Michael Darty returns to the show to help us break down the film, including a look at the Irish history the film heavily references. Stick around. Before we get into the show, don't forget, Arthouse Garage has a Patreon. Sign up today for extended episodes, bonus episodes, video episodes, and ad-free episodes. All that, plus a discount on merch in the Arthouse Garage shop. Go to patreon.com slash arthousegarage today or find a link in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. Welcome to Arthouse Garage. Filmmaker Martin McDonough has given us films like In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. His latest, The Banshees of Inishirin, feels like an outlier in some ways, and I'll get to why in just a few minutes with my guest Michael Darty. You may have heard Michael on the podcast before. He came to talk about the Lars von Trier film, Breaking the Waves, earlier this year, and then recently we had a discussion about disability on film centering around the film the Innocence. It feels like Michael always has something interesting to say after he sees a movie, so he's a perfect podcast guest, and I'm always happy to have him on the show. Today, as mentioned, we're talking about the Banshees of Inisherin. I'll give a quick plot summary here because we don't do much of that later. The film follows Podrick and Column, played by Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleason, who live on the fictional Irish island of Inishirin in a small and isolated community. They've been best friends for many years until one day Colm starts avoiding Podrick and when pressed tells Podrick that he doesn't want to be friends anymore without any explanation. That sets in motion a film that is both hilariously funny and surprisingly insightful about the human condition. You can read my full spoiler-free review now at arthousegarage.com and I'll link it in the show notes, but we cover somewhat different ground in the podcast discussion you're about to hear. Speaking of spoilers, we keep this spoiler-free until the end, and we give a spoiler warning before we dive into the film's ending, so listen away for now until you get to that point. Okay, with that, let's get into my discussion with Michael Darty about the film The Banshees of Inishirin. If I've done something to you, just tell me what I've
1: done to you. I just don't like you no more. Have you been rowing? Have you been rowing? Have I been rowing? Well, you yeah, are rowing. That does look like we're rowing.
2: You can't just stop being friends with a fella.
1: He's dull, Siobhan.
0: But he's always
1: been dull. Maybe this whole thing has just been a buff. Can you just stand up for yourself? How are you, fatty? Dancing with your dog, is it? What did you come here for? I just came to kick your door in and I give you a slagging. Why you talk to talk
0: no
2: That wouldn't be a sin, though, no, would it, Father? No, but it's not very nice either, is it?
0: Welcome back to the podcast, Michael Darty. How are you today?
2: I'm good. Top of the morning to you, as they say.
0: <laughs> yes. I love the Irish connection. Good to have you back. I guess last time you we were here, we talked about the innocence and kind of just general disability on film stuff. And then what did we talk about before that? One other one that I'm blanking on at the moment. Did we? That was your second time, right? I think, maybe not. Was I can't it, Was it second it. or third? Uh, second. Uh, oh yeah, because we talked about breaking the waves.
2: Yeah. That was. Who could forget
0: that one? Who could forget? That was probably the f- first one I think that you did. Yeah, that was the okay. first. So this is the third. Anyway, good to have you back, and uh, I'm excited to talk about. Banshees of Inishirin with you in a few minutes, but we first are going to talk about just some of the other things we've been watching lately. And I think this time of year, especially I'm watching more than usual, and and generally a lot of good stuff. And I think that's kind of the case for you too, because I see you going to press screenings, or or you get to go to uh, guild screenings or whatever it is. Um, Yeah, so what have you been watching lately?
2: Well, the the last big thing that I saw in uh... Theater is uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, yeah. Um, which, without giving too much away, if if your viewers, because I don't think you've done a review yet, I haven't,
0: that. and actually I haven't watched it yet. So okay, I so
2: I, I I won't give too much too much away, but I will say this: uh, Chadwick Boseman's absence is felt in every single frame of the movie. And it was so interesting to me to see Ryan Coogler and company trying to make something that's a big blockbuster movie that has all the bells and whistles and action sequences and mm-hmm. fun and excitement that Marvel is now legendary for um but also trying to make a movie that contends with grief and mm-hmm. loss. And I don't know if it was 100% successful in doing that. The movie is very, very messy and it's too long Hmm. um, and it can't quite get its priorities straight. Hmm. But the fact that they tried to do that at all, I think means something. In fact, I would say Hmm. that Ryan Coogler, but more than any other of the Marvel filmmakers, has managed to make now two films that feel very much themselves they're not the cookie cutter stuff uh where we're we're watching something and then just to get to the next thing he's made he's made something that's that's thoughtful and provocative and and really uh, about something and it's the it was the first marvel film uh to make me cry i mean the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes in particular are just crushingly sad wow um so i i i i recommend it i've been i've been off the marvel train for a while but yeah this this got me back on
0: yeah that's kind of how i feel about marvel generally it's like i'm a little just tired (laughs) but i have been excited to see this because i love the first black panther and i think you're right it's one of the few that feels like you know, can a can a creative person be like be an auteur within this machine? And I think he's one of the few that he can kind of see a particular stamp and uh, deal with real, you know, world things. So yes, I am excited to see it. Maybe this weekend I'll be able to make time. Um, for me, I've been going a lot of, yeah, we, we get press screenings. Usually only this time of year, so I try to prioritize those when I can. And so because of that, I haven't caught up with that one just yet. I uh, forgot to
2: ask you though: are you, are yeah. you going to the theater at all, or or is this all on at home?
0: Yes. Yeah, so, so so with my Film Critics Association, this time of year we're voting, and I get a lot that are just email links like watch this on your TV or on your laptop. But then there are a handful that we get at the theater. Uh, so recent action, I'm going to talk about a couple of those in a second. Um, Netflix does a few, and then uh, we got. I'm trying to think what other companies Orion because we got till a few weeks ago uh, and a few recent ones but I guess I'll go and say one of mine and that is the new film women talking which I was a big fan of I'm, I'm definitely going to do I think I'm going to do an episode about it so I'll, I'll be vague here it also hasn't released yet so I think I'm not supposed to go into too much detail yet but generally uh you know, you and I have talked about sort of religious trauma things before, and it definitely resonates in that way uh, very strongly, and it's just like an interesting, it's sort of a thought experiment type of a movie. Like there's a title card that explains like this is not based on true events, but it's uh, it's inspired by true events, and then it's, you know, what if things have been handled this way? And it kind of uses that as this sort of end to get into this um, this very, I think, well-written and it's got a very interesting tone. that. Is a little bit of a high wire act uh but yeah i really i really connected with it so i do recommend women talking which it's gonna release i think over the next few weeks in different markets but and, so and it, is, yeah.
2: it is literally women talking in yeah. one room <laughs>
0: Yes, for for most of it. So I heard it compared to like mass, for instance, which is literally all in that one room, uh, but it's not quite that constricted. It does, I'd say maybe like two thirds of it are in the one room, but it does expand out into other uh, areas. Um, and it's so the the plot is that it's a, it's in, set in twenty ten. It's this isolated Mennonite community, and it's been discovered that the men in the community have, and not maybe not all of them. It's not clear exactly, but um have been involved in would you say some misconduct it's sort of a me too sort of a story um and then so the women are saying well what are we going to do now like what do we do we leave do we fight this in some way like what are we going to do so you have a group a small group of women that have been sort of um elected or chosen in some way that they're meeting in the barn and they're talking. There is one man character that's like a major character, and that's Ben Wishaw is there, and he's fantastic in it as well. But it's got um, it's directed by Sarah Polly. It's got Claire Foy. It's got um, Frances McDormand is kind of a small role, but she's uh, a significant character. And then um, Jesse Buckley is really really good in it, and uh, Rooney Mara as well are kind of the main. People so really well acted across the board, and uh, I found a lot to to connect with in it.
2: Well, well, anytime you can include Paddington, in, exactly <laughs> in a movie, I'm in.
0: Yeah, his character. Again, I'm probably talking too much about this, but his character in particular, maybe it's as a male viewer, I'm connected with a lot his kind of uh, his character arc uh, quite a bit. So anyway, I'll I'll leave it at that. But I do recommend women talking. Uh, did you have anything else you watched recently you want to talk about?
2: Uh, well, this, this this is this is opening up a can of worms, I suppose, and <laughs> for a small section of your podcast. But I watched again um, Halloween Ends, Um the reason that I watched it beyond loving it and viewing it as a near masterpiece, which the internet is gonna hate. <laughs> um is that i'm 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 doing a writing sample uh for something that i can't talk about at the moment um but I, i i'm i'm excited to do it because they i i thought well if i can write something that's provocative enough yeah that go against the tide that 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 might uh get me seen in in some ways um and and the fact is like I mean it has such a low rotten tomatoes score the internet really does seem to hate this thing, especially the the character of Corey which is this new uh person added to the to the 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 story who falls in love with Jimmy Lee Curtis's uh granddaughter and but he's this bullied kid and then he ends up meeting up with Michael Myers and away that I won't give away and very dark things start to happen now I think the original intention for this Halloween trilogy was to have all three movies take place on the same night I think that was the original sort of artistic conceit for the whole thing Um, but COVID really screwed that up and Mm -hmm. so they couldn't I I, I don't think they could have matched it properly, the production. Mm. So the movie skips ahead um, first one year and then three years after that. And Michael Myers isn't in it a lot. and I'm not going to give up why he is or isn't, but it if, if the movie focuses more on the the human toll that mm. this figure has has made on this town, and what I was so shaken by is that, particularly with Halloween Kills and now with this one, is that I think what David Gordon Green was going for was making making a group of horror films that, that existed in the, the Trump and post-Trump era, where everyone's frightened, everyone's angry, and everyone's really exhausted, and we don't know which which end is up. And sometimes the response to that, unfortunately, is to become violent and want to lash out, but that's only going to cause more issues. And the way that this movie sort of deals with the idea of mob violence and what what culminates with that in a really kind of almost exhausted way, like there's no real exhilaration to the movie. And I think that, again, it's another thing that pe- bothered people is that it didn't, they they thought it, it, Laurie Strode was, was done dirty, but I was, I was, I was moved by the idea that, that sometimes we, we need to, we need to deal with things in a, in a blunt way and no good can come of it. It's just, it just stops
1: hmm.
2: and it's probably going to repeat itself somewhere down the line and i don't Mm. think i'm giving up anything by saying that but um yeah i i i I thought i was watching a completely different movie than a a lot of 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 friends and critics and and things like that um so it's not a recommendation necessarily Mm -hmm. but it's just something that i feel sort of very personally passionate about
0: yeah yeah that's interesting. it's it's one that i've been playing to catch up with that's another one that i haven't seen yet but so actually i didn't see all of the second one <laughs> i think that's where i stopped and that's why i'll watch the third one eventually but uh, but yeah no that's fascinating and and yeah i've heard mostly negative takes on it but a few passionate defenders of it like yourself so i'm uh i'm really curious to see it um i'm gonna have a little halloween marathon during like christmas break or something probably. well good luck with that <laughs> we'll see but yeah no that sounds fascinating and then i can't wait to read what you've written about or what you're working on that's great we'll see uh well i'll mention two other things really briefly one i am going to do a whole episode on and that is glass onion the new knives out i've seen that and um from what i'm seeing generally people are liking it a lot and i liked it not as well as the first one and i'll get into more detail on that in my episode in a few weeks but uh So that's all I'll say on that. But um, then White Noise, the new Noah Baumbach film, I just saw last night and really liked it. It's very absurd and very uh, strange, but it deals with, um, it's with Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig as this married couple. And it deals with kind of fascism and and, uh, in a way mob mentality or like the the way that charismatic people can draw a crowd that felt timely in a way but then also uh there's a lot of resonance with pandemic and lockdown uh that i in a way that was interesting and not um i feel like there's some movies that have just like oh we have some masks on characters isn't that a little nudge like that's we we're acknowledging the pandemic happened but it's much more interesting than that and it uh and it delves into um, the way the way it's going to continue affecting people. And it's just like a, a probably the most interesting or it's, I've seen a lot of movies that kind of deal with the fear of death, but I've never in this way. It's a very, very funny movie. It's very strange. Um, and I'm still kind of chewing on it. But I generally am a fan of that one as well. And that one's coming to Netflix in a few weeks here too. So that's and, white noise. And, yeah. and by, I haven't
2: seen it, or nor have I read the book. But by your description, there are actually connections to Halloween Ends in terms yeah. of dealing <laughs> yeah. with pandemic and and mm, a, okay. a sort of a a plague that will not die and 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 having to constantly face down death. So maybe white noise and Halloween Ends would make a good double bill. Right yeah,
0: yeah, that's interesting. You write your Halloween Ends piece, and then I'll piggyback and okay. respond with my white noise. Uh, connections. <laughs> we'll see. But uh but no I really uh connected with that one. So yeah, I'm hoping that uh hoping that one finds this audience. It's it's um I wouldn't say it's super accessible because it is so bizarre and the tone is very strange, but it, I, I found it very funny and uh you know interesting and thought provoking and all that. So anyway. That is white noise. And that's probably enough out of me of stuff I've been watching. Anything else you wanted to mention? Or do you want to move on to Martin McDonough?
2: oh i think we, we 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 can move on all
0: right well i'm excited to talk about uh the banshees of Anna sheeran which has been out for a few weeks now and um i i we, we messaged a little bit about it when i saw that you had posted about it. I actually didn't read your full post because i wanted to have some fresh oh, fine. <laughs> on, on the podcast um so i but yeah i know you have thoughts first of all let's just talk about martin mcdonough how do you feel about him as a director Uh, and and how many of his other films have you seen
2: oh martin mcdonough and i go back (laughs) at least 20 years because i saw a bunch of his productions um Ah. and read a bunch of his plays back in new york where i where i grew up um and the first one that i saw was the 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 cripple of inishman Hmm. um and I quickly became enraged. Okay. Um, and, and it's a through line that has gone through every single thing that he's done to my mind, except for Banshees. Hmm. Um, where he has this cruel streak mm-hmm. in him as, as an artist or as, as a, a writer. Part of that, I think, comes from being Irish in the sense that apart from being this wondrous place that I love and we can talk about, that it has a very, 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 very dark past. Yeah. And um, because it's a lot of people are isolated there um, and there's drinking involved, um, that that the The lives can seem somewhat desperate. Hmm. and but McDonough was raised mostly in London and would go back to Ireland or hear the stories or whatever about his his own family. And that's what I've kind of taken from him is that that he he's an outsider sort of looking down hmm. on these people. And he t- and and I think he would do that with a lot of his characters, but of course he's gonna make movies because he was considered, you know, I mean, it felt like he was like sort of being touted as like the Quentin Tarantino of Broadway. Mm-hmm. like he was the type of guy who who whose language was so specific mm-hmm. um, and he was willing to say things that you just you yeah, just yeah. didn't say. Mm -hmm. Um, especially in front of a a Broadway crowd Mm -hmm. or a West End crowd. Um, And so he was bound to make movies eventually. And I just felt that that same sort of cruelty and condescension was, 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 was bled into his work. And that really culminated with three billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, um, and it, I, I remember seeing it at the Writers Guild Theater, in which the the packed house absolutely lost their minds. I mean, they were so excited; they thought this is the most groundbreaking thing. Blah, blah blah, and and I was in the 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 lobby, spitting fire because I was so angry because his perception of of america seems so off base yeah and so ugly and and it was one of those things where i got really kind of possessive and i was like no no we may have our problems, but you are not allowed yeah yeah you know to have you know to to talk badly uh, uh, about this um and of course he can because any artist can say and do whatever they want fine but for me I I I said I'm 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 done with this guy, um, but then I, I this one came out uh, benches finish here and and it was back in Ireland and I and I I missed that place so much that I thought okay I'll, I'll 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 I'm willing to be wrong, and I'll tell you if I was in a, a yeah. moment, but um, <laughs> y- y- yeah. So that that's my history. Yeah, with with him,
0: briefly my. My answer to that question is basically the same, except I've actually, I think Three Billboards is the only of us other films that I've seen. I have meant to watch In Bruges forever. And I just haven't. Um, but and maybe it's because then I saw Three Billboards and was really off put by it. And, and I agree, like it felt like a sort of a inaccurate caricature of the American South. It uh, I felt like it was it handled racial issues really insensitively. There's a few like throwaway jokes that it's it's like this this the cruelty I think you're talking about is like this going for shock humor in a way that uh, is a not first of all not that funny and then second of all is at the expense of real people you know and there's that and then there's also like some ableist slurs in that film too from Francis McDormand's character and it's not uh, it's played for laughs you know and, and that. And, and i was sitting here in arkansas watching that in the theater and just uproarious laughter at these things and, and uh yeah go ahead and it,
2: it it makes me wonder why someone of peter dinklage's mm. stat status and stature would would like why wouldn't he see that yeah i mean i understand what maybe you just wanted to work with martin mcdonald and work with all these actors and fair enough for that but You're right. It's, 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 I'm being cruel because I can, and I'm, I'm thumbing my nose at the PC police or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, but I also think that, that the way that the, um, Sam Rocco character kind of gets, he gets let off the hook in the Mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm all for trying to find redemption or find, finding the light inside of, of, supposedly terrible people I'm, I'm 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 absolutely for that but he was like yeah well we're just going to do this mm-hmm. um, yeah
0: yeah and so those issues aside from the fact that i just totally felt that it was kind of all over the place and and didn't uh just didn't enjoy that aspect of it either. So that kind of put me off from from him and when I knew this film was coming um it sounded different and I was like yeah I'll give it a shot. So it kind of the same same feeling as you. So I guess let's get into that. So how does Banshees fit in with that uh for you?
2: It is so good. <laughs> I mean my jaw was on the floor. I don't know if I've completely forgiven the past, which mm. is a theme that runs through the movie. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. As
2: an Irish person, I feel that kind of deeply. Mm. I, 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 but I think what what sets this movie apart is he he for once stopped sneering, mm. and a great deal of sadness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about the terrible things we are capable of doing to one another for no apparent reason crept in. And, and I, I, I felt that. And so finally, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's kind of rude to say, that, but it's like almost like it felt like Martin McDonough grew up <laughs> yeah. and he let, he left behind, you know, the kind of angsty, angry teenage self. And now he's, he's this, this felt like a fully formed, uh, well-rounded, well thought out, movie where the ambivalence or the ambiguity of it actually works and and Mm -hmm. and and makes you feel things that maybe you don't want to feel um and that makes you question why you're feeling them Mm -hmm. um so yeah
0: yeah i completely agree i really really love this film and uh yeah it caught me off guard for just how First of all, how funny it is. It's one of the funniest movies I've seen all year. It's, uh, I love the, and we'll talk about Ireland a little bit more, but just like, it really, I, I love humor that really works the language, you know? Like he uses the Irish vernacular to very comedic effect in a way that's affectionate towards the culture is how I felt. Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with Colin Farrell, which we'll talk about kind of the, more of the strengths in a minute, but yeah, this was just night and day from any other, from, from Three Billboards, which is the only other done I'd seen. But yeah, I I really really enjoy this film and uh, think very highly of it. So yeah, let's talk about the Ireland stuff because I know that's something that you I think wrote about in your uh, your Facebook post about it that I wanted to dig into with you today. So how do you feel about this film's depiction of Ireland?
2: Uh, it it I both loved it and it it was inf- and it was infuriating and it made me sad and and it made me just giggle the whole way through and it was just, i was like a mess of emotion by the by the end of it um but for me personally uh i am a dual uh irish american citizen i'm very proud of that fact um and i went to grad school uh at the national university in galway which uh if you, they don't specify exactly where the island is because Inishirin actually does not exist. It's not, mm. not real, it's not a real place, but they filmed it on Inishmore, which is part of the Aran Islands, which is across Galway Bay. And I went to grad school across the water. Wow. wow. Uh, on on which they the reference area. in the
0: film, yeah, like across the water over there. Yeah. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and and so every time I saw it. And it's so beautifully photographed. This is one mm. of the most beautifully photographed movies, period, this year. Um, but every time I saw it in the distance, I got, I, I got these, mm. uh, this well of emotion um, for that place and those people and what they have been through. And that's tied up into the, the time period that the movie actually takes place in. Did you want to you want to talk about that?
0: Yeah, let's get into it.
2: So, I, uh, Ireland was ruled by Great Britain for centuries, and but more and more they started to gather strength to try and rebel. And then finally, in 1916, they had what was called the Easter Uprising, in which uh, a group of Irish rebels who had decided they were going to have their independence took over the general post office in, in Dublin. And they... the 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 uprising ultimately didn't work and the the perpetrators quote unquote were ultimately uh either jailed or executed um and in fact you can go to ireland today and you can see the bullet holes um in the pillars of and the walls of the post office um but so after that, you had people like Michael Collins, who Liam Neeson played in a movie in the '90s, um, who sort of the father of the the IRA, which became the terrorist organization um, that that sprouted out of that area, um, pushing um, to to take that independence violently. Mm-hmm. But then in 1922, uh, Great Britain and Ireland um, reached a treaty in in which. Uh, 26 of the 32 counties would form what was to be called the Republic, which would remain free in the sense that Canada is free, Mm -hmm. where they they basically they run themselves, even though Britain is still technically connected Mm -hmm. to them. And then the other six counties uh, would form Northern Ireland, and they wanted to stay loyal um, to the Crown. This did not sit well with the, 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 the majority of the Irish in the country. And so what erupted out of that was the civil war. And the, the, the tragedy of that is that you, you previously had neighbors fighting on the same side for a common goal to reach independence. And then suddenly neighbors are trying to kill each other. And this went on for a year, um, and it ended in May of 1923. The story in the movie takes place in April of 1923, which is that's important Mm -hmm. because what the fallout from all of that was another seventy years of what was ultimately called the Troubles, in which Ireland's to put it poetically was eating itself Hmm. and you had all of the sectarian violence where the Catholics and the Protestants were fighting one another. And there were all these bombings and terrorist attacks from the IRA and Hmm. lost sight of why they were fighting in the first place. It just seemed like you have hurt me. So I am going to hurt you. And then the other person would say, well, now that you've hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. And it and it would not end until finally they had the, 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 the peace accords in 1997, where, where, where finally um, a ceasefire happened. And especially after 9-11, the IRA really couldn't support the idea, even that they wanted freedom because they were a terrorist organization, mm-hmm so everything just sort of quieted down from there but you have now where britain or the united kingdom left yeah well britain left um uh the eu Mm -hmm. creating a wall again in in a sort of metaphoric and probably ultimately another physical between northern ireland and ireland so i guess now nowadays it's important that this movie comes out because it could happen again that all of this stuff just happens all over again Mm -hmm. and it's because people are not paying attention to one are not listening Mm -hmm. which is another huge important Mm -hmm. part of the movie
1: yeah
2: and we're and we're just bound to repeat it again and so in Mm -hmm. one sense he made a movie that is genuinely tragic um Mm -hmm as well as being incredibly funny and warm and, and moving and really about people. And I, it just, it, 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 really hurts that, that, that people, my people can, can keep this mindset going for as long as they have. I mean, my grandmother, I was told when she was like a nine-year-old had to hide under table while british soldiers fired on her house i mean it's the type of it's the type of thing that honestly it just absolutely breaks my heart and um again it's like i'm glad that that somebody and i'm genuinely surprised it was martin mcdonough that did it that said yeah we're gonna do terrible things and that may be the cynical view but look how terribly sad this is Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look what this has done to an entire people. So,
0: yeah, no, and that's, that's my the title of my written review that I posted a couple weeks ago is that this is one of the funniest and most depressing movies of the <laughs> year, and that actually absolutely is true. Thank you so much for catching me up on Irish history because I, I, you know, I think I knew probably twenty five percent of that, or like I'd heard the the names of these events, um, and it's I think it's interesting that like knowing so little about that, I still found so much to enjoy in this film, but hearing all that just now really unlocks so much more meaning in it too um, so that yeah that's fascinating um yeah it's like there, there's all these scenes where yeah, they hear the gunfire across the water and um make comments about I hate, colin farrell in particular it's just like I, I wonder what they're fighting about and he doesn't really understand it uh and that on its own without knowing all the history is like just an interesting sort of like there's trouble on the horizon, like sense of tension that ultimately invades their personal relationships and everything too. So I think it works on that level. But yeah, again, having all that that history knowledge is so fascinating. Um, Wow. So so I guess, related to that or not, what other things about this film did you uh,
2: appreciate? Well, the performances are magnificent. And I never really fully appreciated Colin Farrell. I mean, he's been there for a very long time, um, and he's been fine. Um, But of late, he's really been killing it. I mean, I, I, my, my, my (laughs) displeasure with the Batman is kind of legendary at this point. (laughs) Um, But he is actually the best thing about that movie as As the Penguin. I mean, he just completely disappears, and he's he's awesome. Um, And with this i i it was so amazing to watch somebody who was that annoying
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it deals with with consent in 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 an mm. in an odd way which is a very modern yeah you know mm-hmm. you know theme that we're're we're, that we're certainly dealing with in this country if not the world where here's a guy who's just not gonna take no for Uh an answer and he he's he's behaving in a way like he just doesn't understand it but it's just that he doesn't want this taken away from him Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and he'll 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 do anything to to keep it and the it's so painful to watch but he makes you understand how lonely a place that island must be
1: Mm.
2: and why this is a terrible thing that he no longer can have what he's had every single day of his life Mm -hmm. um and he really drives that home um it's brendan gleason is amazing but he's amazing in in everything and and again it's like the lengths that he goes to i mean do we do we well is it it's in the trailer that he wants to
0: that's we can hold it for. We're going to talk spoilers at the end. Okay. We'll hold okay. it for spoilers.
2: Okay. But yeah, yeah but he he behaves in a very extreme way, but makes you understand yeah. mm-hmm. why a person would want to do that. And again, it's, it's 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 a miracle of the writing. It's a miracle of the direction. It's a miracle of the performances that they were willing to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Carrie Condon is wonderful. She's and, so good, yeah. As uh, Colin Farrell's sister, Siobhan. Um, who, to my mind, represents a lot of Irish people that I met, where they weren't necessarily happy to be on their island. They had all their family and all their history there, but it can be isolating. And you, there, I met a lot of Irish people that are like want to get out. And she kind of represents the 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 need to 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 grow and and become better. Um, but the standout among all of them mm. for me is Barry Keegan, who plays a neighbor of 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 Brendan Gleason and Colin Farrell and Carrie Condon, who it it would appear has a kind of mental challenge mm. in the beginning. And my defenses went up and yeah as soon mm-hmm. as i saw him because i was like uh-oh martin mcdonough what are yeah. you doing you're gonna you're gonna make a fool out of this person and what brought me to tears in the end and we won't give it up just yet. but what, what brought me to end is that he doesn't do that yeah and that he treats and it, and it, and he may have some mental issue but the the lengths that he goes to explain why that may have happened and how this character is responding to that by trying to be a good person
1: mm-hmm.
2: was uh, i was amazing it was absolutely amazing to see um and i i breathed a a a, a sigh of relief in spite of what actually happens in the end of the movie mm-hmm. to all the characters but i thought oh okay so we're, we are actually dealing with with mm-hmm human beings and what we go through and and relationships and things like that um so i i i loved it and i love the music and the like i said the cinematography the music is
0: fantastic yeah yeah i was gonna sing about the music as well go ahead sorry.
2: Uh, um and the cinematography i mean it's so beautiful i mean it's a beautiful country as it is and i've always i've always sort of joked that ireland is one of those places like thailand that um challenges my uh, any sense of atheism that I might have, because it's so beautiful, that like somebody should take credit for <laughs> for the landscape, um, and yeah, I just I, I I've been I, it's been twelve years since I've been there, I'm dying to get back, mm. um, so.
0: Yeah, well, about the performances, I, I wanted to say to Barry Keegan is so, so good. And he's the character that on a second watch, I really want to kind of key in, again, knowing his arc from the beginning and, and see and just watch him more closely. But yeah, I did also want to single out Colin Farrell. As, I, I mean, all four of those those like the two leads and the two supporting are just staggeringly good. Um, but then Colin Farrell again, with, with the Batman, like you said, I also love him in after Yang this. Oh, uh, yes. He's so so fantastic. I put in my review like this might be the year of Colin Farrell, like he has yeah. so many good things this year. Uh, and as much as I love him in after Yang, I might like him in this more. Um, he's so he's so like boyish and like, you know, clean, clean shaven kind of uh, uh, naivete in a way to, to such an extreme. That is very funny but then it's, it's sort of a loss of innocence arc that he has and also right. Like he, but he's, he's also what we're talking about with consent and listening. I think that his character is is guilty in those ways, um, as the film goes on. Yeah. And and just also the comedic, like physically and just the, the verbal, uh, rhythm of his comedic timing is so, so wonderful. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's one that I could I feel like I could watch him do this kind of comedy all day and, and never get tired of it. So yeah, Colin Farrell is, is so so good in this. Um, yeah, I wanted to I can I think I kind of already covered it, but just the the vernacular language and how well uh, that works comedically, but also just immersing you in this place that um, and in this time because it's it's not I have been to Ireland once for like a couple of days, but I uh, it it's I think it is of the time like it's a bit of a period piece linguistically as well uh in a way that like they're using idioms and stuff that I don't think you necessarily hear that commonly today uh so I enjoyed that part of it just the language nerd in me if feels the language nerd in Martin McDonough uh enjoying oh, that stuff yeah
2: although I just want to want to say if I have to dock it f- one okay, right, thing all right it's it's that you can understand Mm-mm. everything that they're saying <laughs> yeah Because in that neck of the woods, the accent, I mean, I'm talking about my own family too, the accent is so thick Mm -hmm. um, that it almost sounds like another language yeah. and they do have their own language but mm. even when they're speaking english it it's y- you 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 have to get it on like maybe the second or third bounce mm. yeah so the you fact that there's subtitles for english, very yeah. hollywood <laughs> yeah yeah that's funny
0: so i studied abroad in liverpool and that's that's another place in in the uk that's like yeah you need subtitles to hear to understand your english because the accent is so so thick but yeah uh yeah i really love that about it um yeah, did you have any complaints with it at all? Any, any, besides that, that you mentioned? I have one thing to say, but it's it's not a major thing.
2: Well, 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 what?
0: Well, it's just, so the the tendency I felt in Three Billboards of that shock kind of humor, I felt was still there just a tiny bit, but it, really it's one moment and then it ends up being undercut. And maybe this is a good transition into spoiler territory because I think the, the way I, I, I felt my guard went up like you talked about with when you first met barry keegan's character but it was okay so yeah let's talk about spoilers spoiler warning if you haven't seen it we're gonna talk spoilers now there is a moment when it's almost used as a punchline that i mean the, the sexual assaults of, of or the sexual um He's abuse right. yeah uh, by his father when that comes out colin farrell says it in the heat of the moment and it is it's almost played like a punchline. And I was like, Are we gonna laugh about this? Like well, I was upset. But then it treats that very seriously by the end of the film, especially where his his character goes. So that was another moment where my guard went up, but I was pleasantly and pleasant's not the right word, but I was, you know, not angry about it by the end of the film. Yeah. Uh,
2: um Yeah, I mean I I, I I could see that, but again, it's like because that performance is so heartbreaking and mm-hmm. It all goes that it actually works in the end, and the Irish have a tendency of being blunt uh, yeah. anyway, and they don't necessarily spare your feelings, or they will spare your feelings entirely, and they just won't talk to you,
0: mm-hmm. um, which is the, the plot of the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but I, I no, I I I found basically that. I mean, you could argue that the whole thing about cutting the 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 fingers off was a very Martin McDonough thing to do, mm-hmm. and it's it's a very sort of in your face kind of conceit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But where I think he would have handled it with squibs and and like blood shooting out of <laughs> the hand, and yeah. because Brendan Gleeson is cutting off his fingers to spite. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell to get him to leave him alone and it doesn't work. So eventually he's losing all of his fingers. Um I I would have expected Martin McDonough to make that make that more of like horror comedy. Mm-hmm. Um but he makes you feel the literal weight of it when he's throwing mm-hmm. those fingers against the door and they make a louder, heavier noise than normal. Although my friend pointed out, it's like, no, it's cause he has they say keep saying his fat fingers. So that's why it makes <laughs> that sound. Um, but I think they're really trying to drive home the point of the weight of of this mm-hmm. decision for him because he's a fiddle player. Um and Colin Farrell just refuses to get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think it's all tied in to this idea, like my my parents would often say, because I I've had this. Irish issue for since I was a child which is that my parents would always say don't cut off your nose despite your face hmm. and this is a movie that cuts off its own nose and there's barely any face left
1: hmm.
2: um in 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 and I don't mean that graphically like I literally have but that yeah. that in in order just to be left alone we're willing to mutilate ourselves yeah um just just to make the point that we will do it and again it's tragic it's 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 yeah. heartbreaking that mm-hmm. it i it, it is a metaphor in the movie but it's the type of type of action that's been going on for thankfully not as much now but been going on for a very very long time yeah um so
0: yeah it's interesting how from the beginning, it's kind of you gradually realize that this is taking on sort of a fable quality that, you know, this is about not just two guys, but this is how we can treat each other sometimes. Um, and, yeah, it, it just I was surprised by how downbeat it ends. Uh, and, and just how dark it gets, because yeah, you don't necessarily expect that from the beginning of the film. Um, although it, it's, it's so interesting, like just that conceit of, we've been friends for a long time, and suddenly i don't want to be your friend anymore is so funny but also so heartbreaking and i think I, I i can't believe like if you told me that someone was going to write a script based on that situation it's like how can you possibly have all the layers that this ends up having uh, and all the directions it ends up going um but yeah so I'm really really impressed with the script of this and uh yeah i'm trying to think if there's any other spoiler things that i wanted to talk about before we wrap things up
2: well uh, so so you mentioned the ending i mean Colin Farrell basically turns into the IRA Mm -hmm. where he has been so slighted um, about not getting what he wants, which in, in the larger context would be independence and freedom that he, he turns to him and says, you are my, my sworn enemy from, from here on out basically and although he did look after the dog oh and i just want to mention the animals in this movie are so magnificent and yeah and you have this one character and it is a character called jenny yeah. the donkey mm-hmm. who colin farrell keeps letting in the house <laughs> even as this big donkey um to, to because it it cheers him up to have this company but but what's what's happens is that jenny ends up being killed or dying because she swallows one of the fingers and it drives home the point there that in all of this whether either side or both sides are correct that the the collateral damage is Mm -hmm. is is the loss or the death of innocence Mm -hmm. which is all of these animals that don't know what's going on are just trying to get along or are happy to be let in the house and to be treated well and this is the thanks they get in 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 the end um it's another this is when 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 he pulls that finger out i knew it was going to happen but yeah just my god crushing Mm -hmm. um is there any hope
0: I didn't end the film feeling that there was much hope, I think, it, and it's sort of what it's saying about the human condition in, in a way is, it, you know, sometimes these things don't resolve. That's how, that's the ending I took away from it, and, and I need to rewatch it and see maybe there's a, a glimmer of hope that I'm missing there, but it, to me it felt like a pretty pessimistic uh, end to the film, and I kind of respected it for doing that because that so undercuts what you expect from, you know, any Hollywood production, yeah. but yeah, what do you feel about the ending?
2: um i i i agree and i i don't know if i've even said this on the podcast i know i've articulated this before but like my favorite writer ever is is samuel beckett and this is very much a waiting for gato story Hmm. except the characters don't end up liking each other and and Hmm. they, they end up wanting to destroy each other rather than surviving the calamity which is really what waiting for godot is about is it's it's this post world war ii story about these two guys who are facing oblivion but are managing it because they have one another i find that so poignant and and powerful and that's why it's my favorite piece of writing mm-hmm. um because i can relate to that in in many ways um i don't i don't think that martin mcdonough really believes in people as as much as samuel beckett may have um but it would argue and i will always argue this that that with a sad or or a story that's about despair and mm-hmm. a, a endless calamity and and violence and horror that even if things are ending badly within that story the very telling of it mm-hmm. is an act of hope in and of itself because it allows us to get some distance and to see ourselves in it and to make course corrections in in our own world um and so yeah i agree it's 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 a it's a downhill slope um but i think it still offers us the the ability to to you know straighten up and fly right
0: yeah yeah absolutely Yes, I love that take on it. And I, I think uh, that's probably good as a place as any to, to end things out. But yeah, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show to talk about this and, and bring in all that historical context for one thing. But also, yeah, just unpack this film, because I do think it's it's probably one of the best things I've seen all year. And I, uh, I really hope people see it and, and reckon with it. And uh, yeah, chew on that ending because it is I think it is really powerful
2: and uh, and uh, yeah. and I, I don't mean to keep going, but he's no, fine yeah in in all the ways that uh, McDonough misrepresented mm-hmm. America in with three billboards, even though this is not about america there's a there was a part of me that said, well, no, this is also like Halloween ends this is a mm-hmm. this is about a post trump chaos." and not knowing what if there's even going to be a future yeah um and our proclivity to to because we are hurt to hurt each other and we've 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 seen that borne out and i appreciate someone like biden fellow irishman and mayo (laughs) man which is where my family are from (laughs) in county mayo uh I, I i I think he's been good at sort of like cleansing the wound as best he can, but it's mm-hmm. there's still a lot of work to be done he- here and all over the world. And so you hope that people will will see the entertainment value of this, mm-hmm. but that they're actually getting their medicine with sugar and and it will, mm-hmm. it will go down. and people yeah. will take stock yeah of, of of where we are in the world
0: i absolutely think you're right i totally thought about that as well like you know think about how divided america is that's like such a, a cliche statement at this point but uh it's so true and, and and yeah having a film like this that as you're talking about with a spoon of sugar it really draws you in because it is so hilarious but then it ends on such a, a dark note that it yeah i think maybe we needed a, a sad ending to to shock the audience into recognizing that that's not so different than than how we sometimes we act yeah i think that's a great a great take on it and and definitely has that resonance here as well yeah
2: oh and and the bread truck joke that's the funniest <laughs> <Yeah>. thing <laughs> for me because it's such an irish it's such a great <laughs> irish joke um but i won't give it away but g- people go see it just for the bread truck joke yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely yeah that joke the the, the dancing line was just a hilarious punch line is so good uh yeah so many hilarious things in this and and it's like the, the, the over-verbosity sometimes. It's like we, we don't have to repeat every single thing that we're saying over and over, but, but like that, it just works so well. And, and yeah, again, that's in the, the script and it's in the performances. And it's, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. So yeah, go see this movie. So, so good. Uh, thank you, Michael, so much for coming back on the show for this. And uh, I can't wait to have you back again. Uh, yeah. Is, is there anything else that, that you need to... Uh, put on our radars that you've been working on or anything or i guess there's the thing that you can't talk about yet can't maybe, talk about, maybe but that'll hopefully come by soon
2: by the next time i come on to talk about whatever you want to talk about uh, yeah. i will i will be able to <laughs> say that what i what i i don't know it's 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 cool it's cool just yeah. say that yeah um yeah. Well, and we'll uh, cross our everything. fingers and yeah uh, yeah and and as as the irish would say thanks a million <laughs>
0: Uh, Thank you, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Thanks so much.
2: We'll talk to you soon.
0: Huge thanks to Michael for that discussion. I really learned so much from that hour that hugely enriched the film for me. I always enjoy having him on. Stay tuned. In the next few weeks, we'll have an episode on the film Tar, another one about the new Knives Out sequel, Glass Onion, and we also still haven't wrapped up our Terrence Malick series with A Hidden Life. I'm not exactly sure the order of those, but they are all coming soon. Until then... Thank you, thank you for listening to Arthouse Garage. We've got a few years' worth of episodes. You can hear all of those in your podcast app of choice. Our theme music is by composer Paul Hunefeld. Learn more at appallingproductions.com. If you want to support Arthouse Garage, become a patron over at patreon.com slash arthousegarage or find a link in the show notes. You can also buy an Arthouse Garage t-shirt at arthousegarage.com shop. If you want to support us without spending any money, leave a rating or review in your podcast app, and that is hugely helpful. Stay in the loop about Arthouse Garage and the films we're covering by subscribing to our email newsletter at arthousegarage.com slash subscribe, or you can email me directly, andrew at arthousegarage.com. And of course, follow on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Just search at Arthouse Garage in all those places, or find links in the show notes. And that will do it for this episode. Thank you again so much for listening, and until next time, keep it snob free.